Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again, everyone. Big Dave and Joe here. As we tape this on February 1st, we made it into a month into uh, 2017. We've made it through 10 days of Donald Trump. 11 days. 11 days. Come on, don't sell the man short there. 11 days. He's, he's you know, and still no wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, as it's February 1st, that means tomorrow, Joe, over in Razvadov, Czech Republic, is the grudge match, the heads-up match between Stacy Madison, our good friend from here in South Florida, uh, taking on uh, William Kasuf, the villain from the 2016 World Series of Poker. Uh, she challenged him to a heads-up match uh, after the huge t- TV coverage back in the World Series of Poker when he got her to lay down pocket eight, pocket queens. Uh, on a, on a nine a high bluff. Yeah, and, uh, and of course made himself a star. It's funny, um, I just was reading a story about it, and they said, uh, you know, that tournament has gotten underway over there, the 888 Live Festival. And uh, one guy was uh, asking some questions. He said, uh, hey, where's Phil Ivey? Where's Daniel Negreanu? Where's that nine high like a boss guy? <laughs> <laughs> So he's actually uh, created uh, what he wanted to, I guess, has created himself now, uh, a reputation and uh, I mean, some stardom. Listen, we, we, you know, I've been pretty critical of him because of the style of play that he used. But let's not get this wrong, Dave. The man played impressive poker. Yeah. He really did. I mean, he got Stacy to lay that down on an impressive move there, okay? And... You know, no matter what occurred as far as that's concerned, you know, he did go all the way to the final two tables of the main event. So, you know, his style of play is annoying as hell for me and and obviously for the people that were there. But, uh, you know, at at least this past summer, his his play was was pretty outstanding. Yeah, it sure was. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he's a flash to pan, if he's going to be around for a while, but uh, certainly... uh, I don't know where you go from here. Uh, if you've created yourself a reputation like that, as a lot of people can't stand him, I guess there is a lot of people that like him. He's pretty polarizing, so I think there is a good well, side to what he's done. Listen, it's funny because my brother and I usually agree on most everything, and uh, my brother was a big fan of his, while I obviously was not. Okay, his 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 style of play just just gets under my skin, and I and I'm sure he knows that that's what happens with most of these people, and, right. and everything else, and takes the, if it gets your opponent off their game i don't know if that's all fair as they say everything's fair in love and war but uh you know maybe we have to throw poker into that right now but i don't i don't remember that being used in in, in that phrase before yeah absolutely uh well anyway i don't want to be a one trick pony and bring this up every show but uh it is pretty intriguing and because stacy's involved and has been on the show uh one of our great shows last year if you want to go back and listen to that sometime i also included it in uh good part of it in the uh, best of uh, show that we did right after Christmas. But uh, it's very interesting because we got all her outlook on how she felt about the whole thing. Uh, certainly it was pretty obvious how he felt. And, uh, uh, you know, he has made a name for himself. He has created himself as the villain. 
And we'll see what happens, but it's supposed to take place tomorrow in uh, Razvadov. And uh, that's located near Germany, so I don't know exactly what time this match is going to be, but it is going to be televised on Twitch. Uh, you can go to the 88Poker oh. Twitch channel or go to Facebook Live, 888Poker Facebook Live, and, and pick it up. Uh, don't forget, there is a time difference here. Yeah, well, I was just about to say, it's officially February 2nd over there because it's about a six- to seven-hour time difference. I think it's about six hours, so if you figure then that... Uh, With daylight savings, I don't know if it's six yeah, or seven, but I know it, it's around five, six hours, Well, I don't know hours. if it was an afternoon thing or an evening. I'm going to guess it was probably an evening thing. Yeah. They're going to play best two out of three matches, each starting with 5,000 chips. Uh, if it's say, well, I don't want you to miss it, give you a time and then have you miss it. But my guess is that it will be an evening thing, which means it will start probably noonish our time. Would yeah, be my guess. that would be right. One, maybe one or two o'clock our time. Now, if it's a, if it's scheduled for like noon or one o'clock there, then you have then to get up at like seven in the morning to watch it live. Then, <laughs> then, then we'd be watching it like we were watching Wimbledon and yeah, stuff exa- at eight, exactly. nine o'clock in the morning. Well, I found a great way. I watch European golf and I I, I play uh, DraftKings with it. So I'm having a great time and I'm loving uh, finding new players and and who guys guys to follow. So I already got, it starts at ten thirty tonight the tournament, which is. It must be eight hours different. They're in Dubai this week. Well, yeah, so that's, that's about a eight or eight nine, or nine hours. hour difference. So I think tomorrow morning when they tee off normally at whatever eight o'clock or seven thirty or eight o'clock, it's going to be ten thirty here in the, this evening. So what I do is, you know, I go to bed and I set the the the, the, the TiVo, and uh, then I wake up in the morning and watch it instead of oh, the news. Listen, it's I'm no tired different. of watching Trump. It's no different than the, the paramutual horse race uh, <laughs> bettors that are betting on Australian uh, horse racing. That they start betting it at midnight because it's like noon or one o'clock in the afternoon over there in Australia. But I love it because uh, it's like four hours of TV coverage, which I can just zip through the commercials and uh, watch it in about two hours. So it's great. I love it. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to try to catch this tomorrow if I can. I would would like to see it. I'm sure it will be on uh, YouTube later on or, or whatever. But anyway, the two will match up in uh, two uh, best of three, or the best two of three matches, 5,000 chips. There is going to be a shot clock, a one-minute shot clock imposed on them with a 10-minute time bank for each match. Uh, blinds increase every 12 minutes, starting at 25.50 on up to 500, 1,000 in level 8. Uh, so you can check it out. Um, and they're only starting with 5,000 in chips. Yeah. That means you've got to get active early. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's other events, obviously, going on for this uh, festival, including uh, the main event of the 888 uh, $300,000, uh, 300,000 euro buy-in. So uh, there'll be other stuff going on, and big stars over there. Uh, the grinders over there with Stacy, they're real very good friends, and of course work together with the uh, the Mizraki uh, Dealer Academy, which is now which is now called the WSOP Academy. And uh, Michael's playing in the tournament over there. Chris Mormon is there. Kara Scott, Dominic Nietzsche, Neil Farrell, and uh, so a lot of those people. But a lot of people are saying uh, no one's as popular as Kasuf right now, and uh, whether she kills him or uh, he embarrasses her. Uh, I hope that's not the case, but whatever happens, I'm sure that he'll still be a huge villain around the poker world. Yeah, uh, it'll just be how you'd look at him after that, but uh, like I said, you know, the the man represented himself as far as his poker play very impressively throughout this main event Definitely. this past year, and, uh, you know, Stacy's right to be upset with the, with the way that that followed that and that what he did, but, shook uh, out for sure. you know, 
Again, what would have happened if she had called and knocked his his butt out? We this this would never well, have occurred. That right was now. that was her comment on Twitter was that uh, if I hadn't laid down those queens, no one would even know his name. Which is probably true, but you of course, know. many other things we, happen. We all have to seize too. our fifteen minutes of fame and exactly. see if we can turn that into a lot longer. Well, than I, 15 I, I minutes. think laying down the queens gave him fifteen minutes, and then uh, some of the other hands that he played and uh, dragged people out uh, probably added a few more uh, fifteen-minute segments to his, yeah. to his fame. Yeah, he kept adding fifteen. Yeah, it kept going at fifteen-minute intervals as it led through, even upsetting one of his own countrymen. Anyway, talking about a lot of the tournaments, we covered a lot of them last week. But the Aussie Millions finished up uh, over the weekend. This is an interesting story here uh, as uh, a fellow named uh, Shireen uh, Vijayaram uh, won the title. He's a guy who had never had a tournament cash and won $1.6 million. He got into the tournament by playing in a $130 uh, satellite. satellite, got in. It's a $10,000, uh, 10,000 euro buy-in. I guess it is. Is it euros or dollars? I mean, Australian dollars, Australian I guess. dollars, yeah. Not sure exactly how that oh, uh, matches oh, up. Oh, whatever. A something. It's. <laughs> but he wins the title, and uh, one of the people he beat at the final table was Fedor Holtz. Did he? So that's a pretty, uh, pretty uh, big accomplishment. Tobias Hausen, David Olsen, uh, Luke Roberts among the uh, people who went late. Uh, Jeff Rossiter finished third. Second place went to Ben Heath. And uh, Shireen Vijayaram uh, was the winner of $1.6 million. So that was the main event over there at uh, so, so are people, are people going to refer to him as the Chris Moneymaker of Australia, <laughs> winning that big money? Well, I don't know, because uh, obviously they need a hero right now because there's a chance they might lose their online poker over there. We talked about that last week. Yeah, I know. That's just, uh, listen... I, I wish I knew what what these sta- countries and states are all thinking about when, when, when they're so worried about this. If you want a percentage of uh, return on investment for that $130, it was uh, 12,307%. <laughs> 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 Pretty good. Not a bad investment. First live tournament cash, according to the Hendon Mob, and uh, you know maybe one of the premier tournaments in the world, for sure. Uh, they also had a $100,000 challenge, uh, and Fader Holtz uh, went very deep in that one as well. Uh, but Nick Petrangelo was the winner, and uh, he beat Mike Watson for the title. And uh, Fader Holtz, I guess, finished third. So David Peters also uh, made a late run. And, uh, but there was only three There was only three people got paid, because uh, I'm not sure exactly what the number was in that, but it was just a small handful of players for 100000 But it was down again for the third straight year, um, which is becoming a trend over there for high roller events really suffering. So they're going to probably drop it to 50000 next year if that makes a difference. And uh, they canceled the $250,000 buy-in tournament. So those well, really big tournaments are, are really kind of... As we're finding out, these players are not putting up their own money to play these games. Right. You know, that's that's the big thing. You know, a lot of people think that these players are putting up this money, and that's uh, wealthy businessmen that are putting up that kind of money or people with deep pockets that are backers, like Mr. Cliff Joseph, who's backed a couple of these people. But, right. you know, the, 
those are those are very very high buy-ins into these tournaments. So you know maybe some of that money out there that has been used to fund these players is drying up a little bit out there. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Uh, the other big tournament uh, in the U.S. is the Borgata Winter Poker Open, which is uh, un- underway. Under well, actually. R- Grinding down to a conclusion, still a ways to go. Seventy players left out of uh, thirteen hundred and twelve. That was the total, and uh, the seventy players uh, are, I guess, right around d- dinner break time right now. Uh, I don't have an exact chip count, but I know that uh, uh, a lot of big name players uh, still in there, including uh, uh, John Raisner is one of the chip leaders. I think he has about a four hundred thousand. Chip, uh, you know, we count. We've been mentioning his name a little. Yeah, bit he's been more playing a lot the lately. last few he's months, which well. is nice to see that John's back uh, uh, on top of the tournament world, anyway, or at least getting to the top of the tournament world. We've mentioned we hadn't mentioned his name in a while, and he's made some deep runs. They started the day with 168 players, and uh, they're down to 70 now. So uh, I think it'll probably what we get done on uh, Friday, if I'm not mistaken, and play down to a final table, and then. Uh, uh, final table, I believe, will be on Friday, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which will be day five. So, uh, interesting tournament up there. Uh, will the Thrill was still alive last I saw. Uh, Lonnie Harwood still in. Uh, Amanda Musumeci, uh in action there. And then uh, a lot of other big-name players. Philip Wee, uh, a few others. Anyway, we'll get, try to get a list of the chip counts uh, during the show, and we'll pass those along to you. Uh, locally... Uh, we had the uh, Coco Poker Showdown, which was uh, the Seminole Coconut Creeks tournament. Uh, had a, a group of tournaments, and the winner of that one was uh, a local guy named Elliot Zeidman, who is known as Comrade, is this nickname. He's, I believe, Russian, if I'm not mistaken. And that was the $1,100 uh, buy-in here locally. 202 players uh, got into that one, and Zeidman wins uh, $49,475 for his win, along with a seat in the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open to be played this coming August. Uh, it was 100000 guarantee, so they shattered that, uh, almost doubled it, $202,000 prize pool. But uh, uh, Michael Graffio, who had won uh, at Lucky Hearts Open, also was in the event, but uh, did not make, did not cash in that one. So, uh, Steve Carp went pretty deep, and uh, he finished just shy of the money, as did Marsha Wolak. So, uh, pretty interesting Go, tournament. Going deep and finishing just shy of the money is yeah. not a good thing. <laughs> not too great. Uh, Stefan Lind was second. Scott Levitt third. Scott Efron, who is a guy that I've talked to a few times and played against a couple times, finished in fifth place. And uh, that's about uh, Daniel Janakta, another guy that I know, finished in 20th. So that's a list there from a local tournament. So, uh, again, uh, they had the big Seminole Hard Rock Lucky Hearts tournament. And then the little sister uh, up at Coconut Creek has a pretty successful tournament as well. And then we got uh, stuff at uh, West Palm Beach coming up for the uh, circuit event. And then, of course, uh, Seminole Hard Rock uh, has their big WPT event starting. That series starts in, in the middle of March. Well, listen, that's never that's never a really dull time. It's almost year-round down here. Yeah, it definitely is. Anyway, uh, other news to talk about. Uh, we talked quite extensively about the the, the brains versus artificial intelligence. And, uh, the, poker pros and the artificial intelligence the, was kicking their they, butt. And they ended up uh, finishing soul-crushing them as the headline there. They soul-crushed the humans. Uh, let's 
give you some numbers there if I can. Uh, Libratus, the name of the computer, won a total of 1.7 million from the four players, which breaks down to $14.72 a hand. Uh, Dong Kim, as we uh, mentioned, was the only one that was up for a while. He did the least poorly. He lost 85000 but the other guys... Uh, well, they had to, well, divide that, the rest of that, that's over half a million each. Yeah, 277000 for uh for uh, McCauley, uh, Daniel McCauley. Uh, Jimmy Chu lost 522000 and Jason Les, 880000 So uh, And Jason Les is a great player, has made some deep runs in the World Series of Poker. In fact, uh, when I was out there one year, he finished second in an event. So, uh, so is these that are telling us that you're taking complete emotion out of the game? Yeah, that's what you got to figure. Not to mention that they actually uh, uh, were able to reprogram the computer each night after play and, and correct some of the problems that I guess that they had. They uh, yeah, well, but there's also a big difference, Dave, when the machine doesn't care or know what money is. Well, it's not like uh, this was the interesting thing too. Is one of the rules they had was uh, the players were started each hand with twenty thousand chips so that they couldn't get into a big stack, small stack uh, situation and kind of level things out. Um, there was plenty of room for, you know, both the, the computer and the, the players to to make plays, and, and the good runs by one or the other wouldn't change things. So that maybe took some of the uh, momentum out of it for the uh, humans, I would think, you know, if they started playing well and uh, gained confidence. And gained confidence, and, and, you know, when you keep hitting the reset button... And, and you know, poker is obviously a game of skill. We we both know that, but there's a lot of emotion involved in poker, and being able to read your opponent and knowing that they're reacting to losses, to moves, you know, and the skilled top poker players are able to pick up on this. Uh, you're not going to get any read on a machine. Right. You're not going to get any read, and they're never going to react emotionally to a situation because of a bad beat. Also, to even things out before the hands were played, uh, the hands were mirrored, meaning that uh, they took a pair of players. Uh, for instance, if, if Jimmy Chu was dealt a deuce-seven offsuit and Labrada's got pocket queens, then over in the next hand on the other one, Macaulay would be dealt the queens, and, and the, the computer would get the deuce-seven. So uh, that was more of an even distribution of the hands so that there wouldn't be a sick run of cards, supposedly. So they were flipping it on one hand, you know, back and forth? Yeah, it was in a separate game. In a separate game, they would mirror the hands that were dealt. Not that they would be seeing each other play or anything like that. But uh, Also, one other thing that was kind of strange to me was uh, once the players were all in with a call, before the river, no more cards were dealt. Uh, the winning probabilities were calculated, and players received a percentage of the pot corresponding to their equity. So that's kind of a, something completely different, too. Okay. So you're meaning if they were if they were to get if they were to win the hand 28 percent of the time, they would only receive 28 percent of the pot. Right. So all that what that eliminated basically was the suckouts, you know, on the river, you know. So that was, I, I don't know exactly don't why they would do it. It doesn't that. seem like poker if they do no, that. No, it isn't. It isn't. There's, there's, there's none of that in the real world. Well, <laughs> their, their, their whole idea was to take out uh, the, as much chance as possible and that's so that the skill could be uh, more accurately uh, But unfortunately, measured. the real game of poker 
has a percentage of chance of luck. Right. And why why this was set up so that it wouldn't include some of that? Yeah. I mean, you know, listen. Yeah, I don't really like top that poker either. players. Top poker players have to go through that run. You know. Yeah, it's easy when your aces hold up all the time, but uh, when they get snapped, or somebody hits a one or two outer on you, you know, it's part of poker. It's 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 part of the fabric of the game, and you know. I, you know, from what you're describing there, it seems like they've tried to take all all the all the all the variables out of this as far as yeah. uh, you know, yeah. as far as what what's in, de- entailed in the game of poker. Right. Still, uh, what they said was the uh, the pro- percentage of probability of the four men outplaying the computer but still losing that much money was between point zero 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 one and point five four percent. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that again? Well, this is what they said. They said that outplaying the computer, the the men outplaying the computer, but still losing as much money as they did, the percentage of that was 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 less than half a percent. Less than half a percent? Yeah, so, I don't know. Uh, it's powered by a supercomputer. Libratus was powered by a supercomputer called Bridges. And has basically trained itself playing billions of hands to tweak its strategy. So uh, while they haven't really released the strategy, hopefully they will at some point so we can figure it out. But uh, um, they said give it, they gave a specific scenario, basically, uh, that the computer could make one of several moves. For, for instance, uh, they had an example here. Say Labrathus has four or five preflop and opponents made a min-raise. It might be programmed to re-raise by a certain amount half the time, re-raise by another amount 20%, 25% of the time, call 15%, and fold 10%. That, and then uh, if there was a problem with that, after the match was over, they would reanalyze the results and adjust the strategy. Well, real nice that you could do stuff like that. <laughs> exactly. You know? But, so I don't know. Uh, Basically, what we, did we learn anything from it? Uh, not really. I don't think so. I honestly don't think so. I'll tell you what we learned from it is that online poker sites better make sure their yeah. security system is up yeah, to date. Yeah, you mentioned that before, and i got to agree with that. But you must be careful because, uh, you know, there's people using uh, different uh, apps and that They've sort of thing tried to this try before. to cheat before. As long as these online sites keep their security and their IT people on their heels, I mean, you know, anytime there's cash involved, people will try to cheat if possible. Definitely. Anyway, uh, one other thing I wanted to mention before we go to break, and that is the Global Poker Index is going to have uh, their third annual American Poker Awards. Of course, the Seminole Hard Rock won a trophy last year, brought it back. Uh, very nice to see. Uh, that will be in Los Angeles once again on February 23rd, and the nominees were released uh, today. Uh, Mike Sexton with three nominations, Tournament Performance of the Year, Poker Moment of the Year, and media content of the year for his book, Life's a Gamble. Uh, also connected uh, with our show is a good friend, Maurice Hawkins, uh, got a couple of nominations. Jason Mercier, also a couple of nominations. Uh, anyway, I wanted to run down those. Uh, and we'll be talking more about it uh, as uh, we move along. But it will be 8 o'clock Pacific time at the Sofitel in Beverly Hills, Thursday, February 23rd. Uh, tournament performance of the year. Kristen Bicknell, Ari Engel, Maurice Hawkins, and Mike Sexton. 
the moment of the year, which is kind of interesting, Griffin Benger's aces against William Kasuf's kings in the main event. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Mercier's one-week heater at the World Series this summer. David Peters needing a third place at EPT Prague this year to take the GPI Player of the Year from Feder Holtz does exactly that. And Mike Sexton's incredible comeback to win the first of his first WPT title in Montreal. Uh, the breakout performance of the year, uh, up for grabs between Ari Engel, Maurice Hawkins, uh, Ankush Mandavia, and Sam Sovereil. The event of the year, uh, the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open, the Super High Roller Bowl at the Aria, the main event of the WSOP and the Five Diamond Classic at the Bellagio, the WPT event uh, in Vegas. Uh, Mid-major circuit of the year, Heartland Poker Tour, Mid-States Poker Tour, WPT Deep Stacks, and WSOP Circuit. Uh, Media Person of the Year, Lance Bradley, Sarah Herring, Joe Stapleton, and David Tuckman. The Podcast of the Year, Full Contact Poker, which is Danny Negrano's podcast. Uh, Poker Life Podcast with Joe Ingram. The Poker News Podcast and the 2 Plus 2 Podcast. Uh, Media Content of the Year, that great story about... Bob, Charlie, and a life-changing WSOP main event uh, journey that we uh, talked about last year, last summer. Uh, the fellow that had cancer and his buddy bought in for him. Very interesting story. Lance Bradley wrote it. Um, also, he'll be competing against uh, Mike Sexton's Life's a Gamble. Uh, Matthew Showell's article, Stu Unger's Last Chance Gone Wrong. And then the Twitch, Twitch coverage of the Aussie Millions from Jason Somerville. Uh, and the Twitch streamer of the year, Kevin Martin, Jason Somerville, Jaime Staples, Parker Talbot. And finally, an interesting one here, Industry Person of the Year, three guys, a couple of guys that you might expect, uh, Jack Effel up again for the award, Matt Savage, Sean McCormick, the ARIA Director of Poker Operations, and our good friend Tony Burns from the Seminole Hard Rock, the tournament director over there, is up for Industry Person of the Year. So hopefully uh, he'll be able to bring one of those back. But that's national uh, kind of recognition and uh, something that should be very interesting late February. Yeah, well, congratulations to all the nominees. Yeah, exactly. So we'll be covering that, and we'll talk more when we come back about other things. Uh, but first of all, I wanted to uh, tell you about Gulfstream Park. They had their big uh, Pegasus World Cup. Did you get a chance to see the horse race? No, not a, I, I. I was off, and I was still fighting that bad cold on Saturday that, that I had last week. Arrowgate was the winner. He was like the favorite of like a three to five favorite or something like that. But uh, California Chrome, from what I finished ninth, finished last or something. Ninth, ninth I heard ninth, ninth out of twelve. Out okay, of 12 ninth out of twelve. Horse. And uh, that was the one that all the uh, people who were not that familiar with racing went out to put a $2 ticket on his last those race. Are, as we like to say, those, that's the bridge jumper uh, yeah. people who like to put, <laughs> who like to put 20000 or 50000 on on a horse to come and show, and, and he winds, winds up coming out of the money. But there was a hugely successful day. They had a lot of celebrities there. Usher was there. Uh, Vanessa Hudgens. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't. I guess there was a few others like that, but it was uh, it was a big day out there. They were absolutely packed. Uh, they used the poker room to uh, have like a party for the horsemen and uh, covered up the poker tables and uh, had an area back there. But it was a big day and a lot of people had a great time. It was certainly was expensive and it was a high roller event as I mentioned. But uh, I'm sure they will try to do that again. Twelve million dollar purse for the race, the largest of any horse racing. Uh, event in history, uh, past the Dubai event, which was $10 million. Anyway, they will be looking forward to uh, probably doing that again next year and uh, 
We'll see what happens. But uh, All I know is I think California Crawl and Kemp Rusting Guard, when is this thing going to be over so I can start my stud <laughs> servicing? Exactly. I already, already have like 300 mares lined up for him. He goes, you boys can run. I'm going to be a lot busier than you guys. It's like 300, what is that, like 50,000 a pop or something like that? Or maybe uh, more. Listen, you know. Anyway, but uh, Gulfstream had a great week, and they kind of got back to, to regular uh, action at the poker room at about 8 o'clock on Saturday night, and uh, go back to a regular uh, session over there. So uh, remember, they have tournaments every uh, day nightly at 7 p.m. Uh, just looking at the schedule just coming out, uh, the PLO tournament is on Wednesdays, a $50 buy-in, and Saturday is also a $50 tournament. They go to as high as 110, which is on Thursday nights, 90 on Tuesdays. And they all have different starting units, different guarantees. But you can check it out by calling the Poker Room at 954-457-6336. Uh, Gulfstream is located at 901 South Federal Highland in Hallandale. And uh, they are open 10 a.m. to 4 a.m. Sundays through Thursdays. Friday and Saturday, they go 24 hours around the clock. And uh, the tournaments are fun, but there's cash games going all day long, and it's really a nice room. So check it out in South Florida. Once again, if you need to give them a call, it's 954-457-6336. Gulfstream Park in Hallandale. Welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Energy drives our nation's economy and is an important part of our daily lives. By taking steps to become more energy efficient, we can all save money and help reduce our nation's overall energy demand. I'm Energy Secretary Sam Bodman, encouraging you to use Energy Star products and appliances such as dishwashers, washing machines, and thermostats. They can reduce your energy bills by up to 30%. Replacing your existing light bulbs with Energy Star qualified fluorescent lights in the lamps and fixtures throughout your home will save up to 50% on lighting costs. By installing Energy Star storm windows and double pane windows, you can reduce energy loss in your home by 25 to 50%. You have the power to make a difference. By using Energy Star products, you can reduce your home energy bills and help our nation reduce its energy use. More information on Energy Star products and savings can be found at www.energysavers.gov or call toll-free 1-877-337-3463. This powerful savings message is provided by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Alliance to Save Energy. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave and Joe talking poker, talking uh, big tournaments and everything. But I do want to get into some uh, interesting article I read today that I thought was very interesting. And with Joe as a uh, floor guy and uh, poker room director, I'm sure you'll know all the answers to these. But there are poker rules that maybe you didn't know existed for the average person. Oh, I would imagine there's quite a few that I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll put you on the spot and see if uh, you can uh, answer some of these or, or at least uh, confirm your thoughts on some of them. Uh, I didn't want to make it sound like the Aussie Millions was not a success uh, because it was just the high rollers that were down. Uh, they had an increased turnout for the main and a lot of the other events, and uh, they certainly were thrilled. Uh, they talked about the Aussie Millions being kind of a bucket list thing for players around the world to make a trip there and 
they have a reputation for uh, running very quality tournaments and strong cash game activities surrounding it and a, a great all-around Australian experience for some of the people coming in there. So it's at the Crown uh, uh, Casino in Melbourne. And, uh, you know, if you're a poker player and kind of moving up the list, it may be something you want to do uh, one of these days. Uh, there was an 11% increase uh, in the total number of entrants, uh, over 7,000, uh, which is uh, up uh, 28% from uh, 2015 and 36% for 2014. So they've been going up year after year. Uh, every event on the schedule, except for the high roller events, set a new record, except for a couple of ex- exceptions. The main event had 725 players versus 732 last year. So that one was down a couple, but uh, pretty much everything was uh, great. And, uh, you know, at one time they were a part of the the Asian Pacific Poker Tour, and uh, since that has discontinued its regional tour, it's kind of a standalone thing. But they date back to uh, 1998 and really had uh, quite a bit of success this year. So... Uh, there'll be some changes next year. They had great success with a PLO high-low tournament and uh, a couple of hyper turbos. So, uh, meanwhile, uh, things are going well there, and uh, we'll check it out uh, from year to year. It's kind of like well, one of the big tournaments along with the uh, Bahamas event. Well, let me tell you, until, you know, all the explosion of different tournaments and the Caribbean uh, one now, the Stars Caribbean Championship, whatever it's called, uh, you know, that Aussie Million was... Like you said, kind of like a bucket list type of poker tournament that you definitely would love to go down there, turn that into, you know, going to beautiful Australia. My my oldest daughter's been there. She loved it. Uh, so, yeah, that's something I've thought about. I don't know about you, Dave. Yeah, I would like to go there. Uh, there's a lot of places I would like to go. I'd like to go to Spain sometime. I would like to go to, to uh, the U.K., uh, certainly a lot of things uh, my bucket list will never be fulfilled, <laughs> but uh, uh, who knows? Come we'll on, you happens. could go to Spain and, and UK. That, that that ain't that difficult to do, especially now that airfare is so cheap to go over the there. The thing is, is I'm not going to be like this guy and buy into a tournament for $130 and turn it into $1.6 million. <laughs> I don't think that's Who said that? Who said he, you know, he might have been saying those same words before he entered the tournament. He might be. He might be. Uh, anyway, let's get to this other thing uh, I'm interested in. Uh, uh, five poker rules you didn't know existed. This is on the Poker News site, and I, I pulled this off, and I wanted to run it past Joe. Uh, and while I guess this is different in different games, the first one is, do you have to bet the nuts on the river? Do you have to bet the nuts on the river? Right. Um, if you're last to act, okay, that's you correct. definitely have to bet the nuts. Uh, that's one that got me uh, suspended for a round at the uh, <laughs> World Series of Poker Circuit now, last reason, year. And listen, I've known that rule, but believe it or not, I usually make the announcements before most of the tournaments at, at Dania now, and that is one of the rules that I tell people. Okay. If you don't, if you do not, well, apparently they do, don't if, enforce if it a lot last, of places. If you're last to act, if you are last to act. Uh, you must make a bet or a raise if someone's bet into you. You must now. You don't really have to make the raise. Excuse me, if there are players behind you, but if your head's up and somebody bets into you, you must raise that person. Okay. Now, if there are people act behind you, you don't have to because you're not last to act. And, obviously. and really, give us the reason why this rule is in place. To for uh, um, 
Prevent collusion? Collusion. Okay. That's, I couldn't, couldn't get that word out. Yeah, to prevent collusion, to make sure friends or you know acquaintances are not soft playing each other. And if you don't know what because the nuts if you, are. Listen, if you do that, if you, if you don't know what nuts are, you shouldn't be playing uh, You shouldn't be playing poker. Well, basically, it's an unbeatable hand uh, that, uh, based on what's on the board and what's in your hand. Uh, it's an unbeatable hand. Uh, for instance, if you have... Uh, Ace nine of clubs is, is the example in the story, and there's three clubs out on the board. And sometimes the clubs will come on the last uh, one. Well, maybe uh, you're betting. Maybe a, there's that's a, a very bad example, and poker players will tell you why. Because three clubs will come on that board, and if the clubs are four, five, and six of clubs, right? Then right. what do you do? Okay. I prefer I'm, using the example of you have two nines, and the board's reading two nines, and everything else is below a nine, and no suited cards out there. You have a hand that no one, that at worst can be tied. Because if there's two aces and a king on a board of ace, ace, king, uh, nine, four, if you've got ace, king, one other person could possibly tie you, but that is technically the nuts. Okay. So you have to raise or bet. Okay, the example here is say there was a nine, uh, you paired your nine uh, on the flop, there was. Uh, Two clubs on the on the flop, and then the king of clubs on the river. So, uh, you know, it wasn't the situation with a with a possible straight flush, but it was uh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, listen, poker players know what the nuts are. If you don't, you don't, you know, you you don't need to be sitting at a poker table just yet. Right. But if you had the nines and maybe you were playing the nines, and then uh, you got the runner runner clubs uh, to uh, to reach your flush, you it's possible that you could not know that you had the nuts and didn't even realize it. Well, if if that is the case, if that is the did case... They, did they take that into consideration? No, 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 because you should know that. Plain and simple, you should know that. And if you are acting first in that last hand, heads up, uh, you don't have to, no, you don't you have can, to bet because you could check race. You're, you're, yeah, you're hoping that, that, that you can entice someone else by checking, showing weakness that someone else will bet their hand and allow you to be able to raise. Okay. Now, you know, now you're talking about uh, the, you're saying poker rules. Remember, cash games, it's not a whole this lot is you for can do. This, right? is, this, is made, this is basically for tournaments. Now, in a cash because game, you're affecting the whole field. In cash game, you're not going to check back the nuts. You're not going to check back the nuts uh, because you're trying to extract as much money from this person. And I actually, I have seen it where friends have done that. Now, I'd be very upset as a cash player on that game because I could just get up and leave. Mm-hmm. You understand? So it, it, it serves you no purpose to check back the nuts even in a cash game. Right. But this rule is more in place for tournaments. Right. Uh, question number two is, do suit rankings ever matter in poker? Now, a lot of people don't even realize that there's such a thing as suit rankings because in in Hold'em, you really don't uh, deal with that too often. Uh, So, does suit rankings matter? Yeah, give us the suit suit rankings, by the way. The the, the suit rankings are uh, clubs, diamonds, hearts, and spades. Which one highest? Spades is the highest. Okay, spades. Okay, spades, hearts, diamonds, It goes alphabetically where, you know, the closer you are to the eighth, the lower that is. Okay. And the only time... That's how you remember it in your head? Exactly, yes. Okay. Now, when you set up a deck, though... Since the decks, all decks are set up red, black, red, black, it starts diamond, clubs, hearts, okay. spades. Okay. Now, 
Do 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 suits? Uh, you said do the suits matter? Yeah. When do they matter? When do they matter? There's only one time when they matter, and most of the times it's in seven card stud. Okay. And when there is an identical hand, whoever has the highest suited card will get an one odd chip. If if there's a when if they, there's when an they go odd, to chop get, something. Yeah, the hand is equal as far as hand rankings is concerned. You know, people tell me, oh, no, the straight flush to the, with the spades, you know, uh, or the, the royal flush with the spades is better than, than any other royal flush. I said, on the, on the extremely rare condition that you ever see two people with a, in, in seven-card stud that have a royal flush, they will be splitting the pot. Okay. Okay. Now, if there is one odd chip on the, in the pot, then it will go to the highest suited card in the, in the player's hands. And that's actually uh, question number three. It's a split pot. Who gets the odd chip? That was the third question. That was, now, but but now, I'll tell you the other place where it matters, and that's in stud games uh, like Raz or, or seven-card stud. Uh, the bring-in is Right. It? Right. Well, well, exactly. Now, now sometimes now, it's the yeah, first one give you closest an to the dealer. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. No, it's not the closest to the dealer. This is one of this is one of my little sayings when I was dealing, and I, as a matter of fact, I still we do have a twenty forty seven card stud high low game that plays four times a week here at Dania. Okay, and I haven't done, dealt seven card stud in fifteen twenty years, and it's funny because when I used to deal it, if the deuce of clubs came out while I was you know pitching the 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 the, the, the card up on seven card stud, and I'd pitch out the deuce of clubs, I go get the ante ready. I don't go any lower than that. <laughs> you understand? And in Raz, it's the opposite. The higher card right. would would be bringing it in. So, for instance, if you're playing Raz and uh, the first card is, or the card, the up card is uh, two tens. The in Raz, the higher suited ten so, would so be the ten of spades in. would be higher than right. the ten now, of now, clubs. Now, believe it or not, I have had, I have dealt seven-handed, seven-card stud, and I've had a jack bring it in. Oh, really? Yes, I've had a jack bring no it kidding. in. No kidding. Okay, uh, yeah, I put out four jacks, uh, two queens, and a king on a, on a thing, and the jack of clubs had to actually bring it in. So, yeah, so if you have two two cards that are low, you know, in seven-card stud, the the lowest, the, you know, the, the lowest, lowest suit. the lowest suited card of the two, and obviously if it's clubs, clubs is going to bring it in all the time. Diamond brings it in every other time, and then hard spades, obviously, in that in that order. Spade, if the spade, if you have the smallest card with a spade and somebody else ties you, you know you're not bringing it in. And obviously, if you're like a lot of people and you'd only play Hold'em, or maybe even Omaha, you're never going to feel That's that. never an issue in any of the board games. Right. In any board game, that's never an issue. And if there's an odd chip, uh, you're so happy to have one half the hand sometimes. That, well, uh, no, no, you know matter. you know how it works on a button game, right? You yeah. know how the odd chip works uh -huh. on the button game. Yeah. The odd chip goes to the closest to the button. Okay. So the one, the person who has the least advantage gets the odd chip in any board game. Okay. Uh, here's question number four: Who shows first? The when it goes to person. a showdown, it, who now, goes first? Now, when, when you've got people who don't want to show their hands because they want to see who their opponent is and you're asking to see a winner, whoever initiated last action usually turns over their hand first, is forced to turn over their hand okay. first. And uh, if it's just two players, 
uh, once Coast again, Nevada. whoever initiated action last okay. will will have to turn over their cards. Now, if for some reason whoever initiated action folds, sometimes you get players who just throw their hands away because they missed their draw. Right. And now you got two people who don't. Neither one wants to show. Uh, uh, you know, eventually it's not like a rule to per se that I know of. Uh, you know, all these years, and maybe it is written somewhere. I've never seen it. But I will usually make the first person t that acted after action had been there to turn over their hand, like in, in order. If, it's, if you're in a seven-card stud hand, the highest hand showing will turn over. I'll force them to turn their hand over or make them fold. And then say if there's more than uh, two players. More than two you, players, you, you follow it around in, 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 in order. In, right, in, in the, the proper order, right. Because okay. obviously, you know, you always are told not to share too much information. So, you know, you try to stall and wait sometimes. But the dealer is, does this happen a lot where you're forced to make something yeah, show? Yeah, 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 there, it does happen. Or there's an argument it. Happen, it. it happens when... One person was bluffing, the other person was trying to catch a bluff, and now both of you have terrible hands. And you don't want to give, like you said, you don't want to give that information away. But, you know, I've, had to, I've actually been, have to been, call, I've, I've been called to the table, not often, but probably five or six times over my 20-plus years in the business to force people, listen, I, you know, I, I'm going to force one of you to turn over your hands, or I'm going to kill both hands. <laughs> you know, I, I got so upset with one of these two idiots that that were doing this. Can you do that as a dealer? You ask them, but remember, as a dealer, Dave, you don't want to antagonize anybody on the table because it'll affect your bottom line. So you're you're pushing off the so, uh, listen the, the, the heavy the, roll to uh, somebody and, else. And and we're very happy to take that on. I've gotten. I mean, I wish I had a nickel for every time I've had to tell dealers, why are you getting into confrontations with players? Call the supervisor over. Let them be the head. Let them take the heat. Dealers, listen, and I've, unfortunately I've made this same mistake as a dealer. We know what the call is going to be, and we say it. And now all of a sudden you've just upset somebody. When all you had to do was floor... Explain the situation, and the floor person is going to tell this person what you already know. He's going, he or she is going to say to that person. But now they get mad at the, you know. Remember, the bearer of bad news always catches the, the heat. So you try not to get into it. Unfortunately, comments that are made by players to dealers, you've been at the table yeah. many a times. Eventually, you know, you, you know. Your, your skin isn't thick enough to, to wear some of it. Like, it gets to a point where I've had a, a real a-hole one day, just constantly got on my nerves, and then one day decides to throw me a dollar, and I just picked up the dollar, and I said, here, you need this more than I do, and I <laughs> threw it right back in his stack. <laughs> and he called over the supervisor and everything else, and I said, listen, I don't need a damn thing from this guy. Yeah. All he likes to do is antagonize the dealers, the other players, and, you know, I, luckily, I had the backing of the whole table. Well, there it, are, it wasn't a professional move, in other words. There are people that uh, are like you that uh, dual uh, dual rate now, dual which rates. is what I'm doing now. But you know. uh, so here's the question on my mind: Is uh, you piss somebody off when you're actually working on the floor, and then it costs you money on a later date when you're dealing? Un unfortunately, yeah. But you know what I tell? I listen. Like I said, I've done this before. I go listen. If someone is looking that hard. If somebody is looking that hard not to tip you, they were going to find a reason regardless. Yeah, exactly. 
Okay, last question. Uh, and this is pretty rare, but it does happen occasionally. What happens if you run out of cards in a hand? You're going to have to go into the burn cards. Okay. You're going to have to go into the burn cards. Um, I mean, obviously, it, it's a game. It's a game like seven games, cards in stud. In seven cards when stud. When you got eight people and you get not right. don't have a lot of people dropping out of the hand, you might get to that point you're, you're of fifty-two. Gonna, you're going to get to one of one or two scenarios. You're going to get to the to the burn cards, or you're going to put up a community card for everybody. It all depends on what if there's some cards still left in the in the deck. Not enough for a whole round. Not enough for a whole round, and there isn't enough with the burn cards. Well, say the burn. Say let's the, say you have. Let's say you have two cards in your hand. The right. dealer has already done a terrible job by not already noticing that they've only got two cards in their hand. There's three burn cards. Six, seven players. You can't give a card to everybody. Right. So at that point, you're going to burn. You're going to tell everybody the last card will be a community card. You will burn and turn it over. And then action in seven-card stud will start with whoever, even though that card is going to be visible and you're going to see who improved on that card, action will still start with whoever was high on 6th Street, even though somebody else may show a higher hand because of that, that community card. Now, you dealt stud for years. How, long, how many times has that happened to you? Believe it or not, a whole bunch. Yeah. Especially in the old days, in the beginning days, when it was a quarter fifty cent, no one would fold. No one the would. pot was restricted to ten, so nobody was getting out of the, <laughs> no one was getting out of their way. And I've actually dealt in a private game where I was invited to deal, and when they t- there was eight players. Listen to this: eight players playing seven card stud, which right there, you know, the numbers if everyone stays in doesn't hit. But here's to, here's what made it even more challenging. They took out the deuces, threes, and fours out of the deck. Oh, okay. So you're so talking 40 cards to eight players in a seven-card stud game. Wow. Yeah, I just told them, I go, well, just tell me what you, how, how am I going to get these people cards? Yeah. And then you had to take cards from people who folded and from the muck and everything. So and it was crazy. Okay. Anyway, uh, very good, Joe. Uh, interesting uh, topic. Did I bet a thousand on yeah, that I think, bad boy? I think you did. There I we go. And I knew you would. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll we'll mix in a few of these things from time to time. Uh, give us a, a synopsis of uh, where you stand over there at Dania. Happy. I, I played there last night, and uh, I mentioned this before the show. Uh, I didn't want to wait, so I ended up getting in a two-four uh, game. Uh, 2-4 limit game, which I don't usually play, but I had fun, and uh, I ended up losing money, but uh, had a good time, and they actually, I just, I didn't know about this, but I stepped into this, I went about uh, 5.30 in the afternoon, and every 15 minutes was a $500 high hand. From, now, well, yesterday it was from 5 to 7 o'clock. Right. As of today, since today's the f- uh, February 1st, they're, they've, we're calling it our power hours. Now... Like I said, yesterday for the whole month of January, 500 every 15 minutes with aces full as the qualifier um, was from 5 to 7. Now we are running 5 to 6, uh, the 500. Then from 6 to 7, it's 300 every 15 minutes. And then again, 7 to 8, 500, 8 to 9, 300, and then 9 to 10, 500. So we have three different hours of where we're giving we're giving you a shot at two thousand dollars in the well. Hour. The thing is, it's it's a very tough qualifier. It has to be. Uh, I don't find it that difficult to be honest with you. Dave. Ace is full. Any or ace is full, and you know, considering how many tables are being run, 
It gets hit quite often. Yeah. It gets well, hit quite often. When I was there, I think it went five periods before someone Somebody hit, hit it. Okay. But once again, I've been there on night supervising or dealing where it's getting hit every 15 minutes. And that's amazing to me because, you know, it's, you know, we are at the bottom of the totem pole, rising slowly but surely, okay? And when you're getting three or four tables, you know, it shouldn't get hit as often as it does over there, you know? And it's amazing that that it gets hit as often as it does. Yeah. And listen, we're happy to give that money away. We are very happy to give that money away. We're just hoping that it produces the amount of tables that, that it deserves for that kind of a promotion. Right. Okay, well, let's head for break here. We'll tell you about Gulfstream Park one more time, located in Hallandale Beach, southern part of Broward County, very easy to get to from Dade, from Broward, from West Palm Beach. It's not a long drive, and it's just uh, located west of, or I'm sorry, east of I-95, west of the beaches, uh, maybe a couple of miles off 95. You just head uh, toward the beach, and, and it's right there in the corner of Federal Highway and Hallandale Beach Boulevard. Uh, coming up this week is uh, another big weekend, uh, the Holy Bull Stakes, and they are giving away long sleeve T-shirts. So anybody that complained last week about you know being too expensive to get in, this week you got a nice free giveaway. Be sure and get there early. You need to buy a program, and you pick up a very nice uh, T-shirt, very nice design, and uh, they will be giving those out until they uh, give them all away. So that's coming up this weekend. Of course, the Holy Bull Stakes is one of the early big stakes races in the road to the Kentucky Derby, and you want to check that out because it will be a great field, and it should be a lot of fun. Uh, as far as poker goes, uh, action going all day long on the weekends, Friday and Saturday, 24 hours. Uh, you can find lots of really nice games of different uh, sizes. And good people, uh, not only working there, but playing there. And it's a, it's a nice place to play. I think you'll really enjoy it. Of course, right next door is the slots uh, area, so you can uh, find different ways to gamble. And of course, the horse racing is on all the sets, plus all the sporting events that you can check out. Uh, the poker room is located in the back of the Finish Line Casino on the first floor. Uh, just to the right of the breezeway as you're heading in toward the track. You can check that out anytime uh, and have a great time at Gulfstream Park. It's located at 901 South Federal Highway in Hallandale. Uh, if you want any information about the poker room, we'll give you the poker room brush number 954-457-6336. That's 954-457-6336. Gulfstream Park in Hallandale Beach. Telling the big Dave sent you on over. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. 
At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration, and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Final segment of the program, Big Dave and Joe. As we finish things up, uh, kind of uh, under the radar over there at the Hard Rock was uh, a little short series uh, by the uh, the Lips organization, Ladies International Poker Series. Uh, Loopy uh, runs it over there, and uh, it's a national uh, ladies uh, thing. I just wanted to mention it briefly. Uh, I was kind of curious as to the turnout there. They actually had four tournaments uh, with different buy-ins. There was... Uh, a couple of 130s and a 250, and I guess three 130s, and uh, just small tournaments, uh, small prize pools. Uh, it was kind of interesting in how many players would play. Uh, the first event won by Shellen Findlay, 18 players, uh, all women. Uh, the second event was all limited to just women, and won by Darcy DeConza, uh 17 players. Then they had two events where it was open to men or women. And uh, they had 45 players for the for their main. This event. is not the one that's run by Fiella, right? The, no, the, that that's was high that's heels. high heels. I don't even know if that's still going on. To be honest with you, I don't think it is. This is Lips. Uh, Mary Hot was the winner of the uh, of one of the events, and she, in fact, she won two events. I guess one uh, the $130 buy-in uh, with a thousand-dollar prize pool was won by Mary Hot. Jackie Scott finished second. Our friend Jackie. And then the one that uh, was kind of their main event, uh, 45 players open to men and women, won by Mary Hot, who, who uh, split with Sturgios Alexandrakis. Uh, both won a little over $1,000. Anyway, um, there still is uh, that sort of thing. Your, your thoughts on uh, really the failure, I guess, of women to uh, continue to grow uh, in poker no matter how hard we try. Once again, Dave, you know, father of three daughters, it becomes very difficult. You have to have pretty thick skin to deal with some of these uh, idiots that we have to deal with. It's a smaller percentage, you know, than in the past, but still, you know, it's uh, it's that one rotten apple in the barrel that spoils it for you know, all the other apples, and, you know, women have to deal with this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know... You have to be very strong-minded in the sense of... And, and Garrett, listen, I know that. These women are just as strong as, as the men are, you know, mentally. Some of them even more physically. It's just they don't have to deal. They just don't want to deal with, with these idiots, right. with, with these men. They really don't want to... And there's no reason that they should. Well, there's, but that there's doesn't change. The, the world doesn't change. You know, uh, you know these guys see a pretty face... And you know, you know, stupid, stupid stuff comes Turn, out of our, comes, into, out, comes out of their mouths. Turns you know? into sexual innuendo. Exactly. Now some are done very, you know, some quote are done 
cutely and they're not offensive. And others are just done like like if it's a you know a guy in the corner in a raincoat leering, you know, and it's there's no reason for them to have to put up with that. And I don't think rooms have done enough to stop that. Yeah, because the large percentage of it is men. It's I'm not I'm not giving you a uh, a reason why. I'm just giving you an explanation why. Well, it's funny because uh, as a, as most of the players are men, uh, they can't really identify with it because if they were, uh, you know, given comments, sexual comments or whatever, they would probably like it no matter what the woman well, looks like. Listen, the late, the late, great, late, uh, a late great comedian, Richard Jenny, once said, you know, the difference between men and women, he goes, if a man walked into a lady's bathroom, they'd be screaming, because trying to scratch his eyes out. He goes, he goes, a guy could be at the urinal and a woman walks in and they're like, hey, honey, let me give you a tour. Hey, somebody give her a tour, please. I'm busy right here. You know, <laughs> that's, that's the difference. That's the difference between men and women. You know, Late and, grade, he died? Yeah, late, Richard oh, Jenny wow. died a long time. He I killed himself, unfortunately, many years ago. So, um, yeah, he, he was a very... I remember, the, very, I remember, the, I remember from the, 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 mad, the one he did with Jim Carrey, where he was Jim Carrey's sidekick in The Mask. Oh, okay. That was Richard Well, Jenny. I remember when he first started, and uh, he told that joke about uh, his parents would tell the story about walking to school. They were at... Uh, <laughs> they walked 25 miles, and then the next time they told it, they were walking on stumps, <laughs> and they had to eat lint uh, on the way, and uh, it was really fun. And yeah, he... And let me tell you, some of the hardest laughing I've ever done in my life was watching some of his HBO specials. Yeah, he was very funny. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it for the show. Appreciate it. Uh, I was going to mention when we talk about the women that there's a great article in Salon, Salon.com, about a woman who uh, plays on the New York scene, uh, underground games, and uh, I'm going to try to line her up and, and, and bring well, her on the show. She's a writer and uh, poker player. I was going to suggest to you, because when you were mentioning and you were reading some of the results from the Lips tour, um, some of the most enjoyable shows that we've done has has, has been with Linda Johnson and uh, Jan Fisher and Jan Fisher. Hopefully, hopefully, maybe they can they can answer us. You know, Hall of Famer uh, there. Yeah. I'd like to so get them back on the show. She, they were idea. always outstanding. I yeah. love those shows, and it's been quite a while since we've had them on the show. So. Maybe you can line them up, Big Dave. Yeah, well, I'm sure they'll be at the Poker Awards uh, with Mike uh, Sexton uh, up for three uh, awards and uh, obviously being great friends with him out there in uh, Los Angeles. I'd area. love to have Linda and Jan back on the show. They've, yeah, they've had a great, for sure. great rapport with each other and going back and forth on the show. And I've just, I've just enjoyed everything she's had to say. Yeah, for sure. Okay, that's going to do it tonight on the program. We appreciate you being with us. Of course, you can always pick us up on our website at PokerActionLine.com. Go to Stitcher Radio, pick us up there, or the Poker Fuse podcast page. We can, you can go and hear the show on Hold'em Radio Network, Hold'emRadio.com. Uh, we have a nice spot there. Or uh, where else? Let me tell you. I'm missing one. You're missing one? Let's see. Hold'em Radio, uh, Poker Action Line, Stitcher, is it? No, I I, I got the Poker Fuse. Oh, well. You'll figure it out. Oh, iTunes. iTunes. iTunes, Yeah, the most common one that most people probably hear the show on is iTunes. Just search us on there and you'll pick it up. This Uh, is a fine ending. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to do it. We'll do better next week, we promise. Uh, We'll catch you then on another edition of Poker Action Line. Thanks for being with us. Good night. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.